0: Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Let's get right into it because Zion is napping and we don't want to push it. So you know what?
1: We are on a clock.
0: We are on a clock. Okay, Mark. Go. What is your rant for this week?
1: Um. <laughs> so people who beep their horns when there clearly is no place to go so context right (laughs) driving down newbury street at an intersection light is red we are stopped alongside like the 1500 people who are also stopped with us Mm -hmm. light turns green and like there's maybe 30 feet in front of us to the other side of the intersection but people are like walking so i don't move (laughs) and like the beeps are incessant it's like Look, movement is not progress, people. Like, look in front of me. Like, everything is stopped. Like, just Uh, breathe. Please. That gets on my nerves,
0: too, actually. Or, like, you know, the light turns green and then a second later, people are like, you know. And it's like, can I, like, my car is energy efficient, so it has to restart when the light turns green. So can I have one second (laughs) for my car to catch up? Because I'm actually saving the environment. So, you know.
1: There you go. F you. Damn it.
0: Uh, No, I feel that. Yep. Right. Okay, mine is a driver one, too. Oh, (laughs) no. So this past weekend, Tony and I were going to Walmart. Tony is my brother, everybody. Tony and I were going to Walmart to pick up some uh, cold medicine and toys for Zion, right? And uh, this has always been a pet peeve. But Tony sort of like reminded me of it. We were leaving the store. We go to pull out and we can't pull out because some a-hole is blocking us in because she's waiting for a parking spot close to the door. Now, they're like all the handicapped spots are open, right? So I know that it's it's like likely, I don't know everything, but I know it's likely not an issue of like needing that spot right it's like you don't want to fucking walk because you're waiting for a regular spot major pet peeve park and walk but get and, out and, and walk
1: and right and it and it often isn't like oh like there is truly no parking spaces around and either i park here or i walk a mile no it is <laughs> you have to walk like like three additional like steps.
0: mark literally because there were spots We were relatively close to the door and there were, the parking lot was pretty empty except for all the closest spots to the store. So it's not like you're, you know what I mean? It's not the dead of winter. It's not, you know, you're just being lazy. So you know what? It gets on my nerves. So if anyone is listening and you're torturing other people, blocking spots and waiting and holding up traffic and all, we don't like you.
1: But, you know, so I didn't, I actually didn't think about this before him, but I think there's a mental model that, that creates a through line in both of our rants, which is like for all people, how we determine what success looks like is so fucked up sometimes. Like for like the people that are waiting, success is the fact that I get to be five feet closer to the door or the person at the red light. Success is being able to move. Could be three inches, but movement (laughs) is success. And it's I think true. that's messed up. Anyway. Yeah,
0: I do too. Yeah, I don't know what the solution is. <laughs> Maybe I should just get out and start rapping on people's doors. Be like, you know, you can walk, right? <laughs> you can you can park somewhere else, right? Anyway, <sighs> it's always a- oh, I have another one for you. This is a surprise. Oh, I love surprises. Uh, the cats threw up on our bed.
1: Period. There you go. With that. <laughs> Pet peeve. That, that, that <laughs> literally,
0: is. literally pet peeve. Now I have even more laundry to do. I just <laughs> discovered that before coming down here to record this podcast. And oh, wait, there's more. I have a third one. This actually has to do with you. Okay. Now I've totally derailed the conversation. This is great. Okay. You ordered the like grocery. You had groceries delivered Correct, this morning. I did. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, you ordered coffee Correct. and peanut butter. I did. Okay. We needed neither of those things. And this is why it annoys me. Because I know that people listening are going to be like, she's such a bitch. Now you just have extra. So you don't have to order it next time. Bingo. Right? I, and I understand that. Is, that is true. But what is also true and what is actually the pet peeve is that this is just a product of Mark not paying attention. Okay? <laughs> I, <laughs> when I make the grocery list... I go through the kitchen, the house, the whatever, and I just, you know, check the levels of things, see what we're out of, that sort of thing. So I know that my list is as accurate as possible. Mark, on the other hand, he's just a cowboy. He just, well, we use peanut butter, so I might as well order it. And it's like, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. So, no. so like,
1: see, see th- There's this? A, wait,
0: hold on. Yes. No, let me tell go. you why it's even worse. Because. <laughs> you order okay there is a jar of peanut butter in the cabinet yes. that's three quarters of the way gone perfect. there is another full brand new jar of peanut butter unopened in the cabinet and then you just ordered a whole new brand new jar of peanut butter today and now guess what they don't fit in the little bins that ah, I
1: so this is that's what it's really about. It's about whether or not it can be perfectly <laughs> it's, organized. It's in not a cabinet. about the,
0: It's it's about that's you not paying attention. And this is a larger conversation about the patriarchy. I don't know why men run anything. Period. Those are my three. Everything, everything good comes in threes. Well, there we go. Anything else on your end? No, I think we're
1: good. <laughs> I, I I think we're good now.
0: So this weekend, we went to Jersey. Um, My mom had her retirement party. She's retiring, quote unquote, early, right? My mom is 55. She just turned 55. She's retiring early. Um, She has worked in a vocational technical school. She started as their communications person, and then uh, she became their DEI person way back before it was popular, like in the like late 90s, early 2000s, and then she went back to school for a second master's in counseling, and she became a guidance counselor, and now she's leaving that environment completely in order to go into private practice, right? So she is essentially some poor person's therapist, God help them. So <laughs> look on your face right now. Um, so we went for that and it sparked a conversation between us about family, you know, family of origin versus chosen family. When family isn't what you need them to be. What does that look like? What do you need? Right? So we just want to have that conversation with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I and I think, because um, you know, it's so hard, I think the, the the challenge with, we'll call it blood family, I guess, right?
0: I mean, sure, I like family of origin or so, birth family. but So birth whatever. family,
1: we'll call it birth, that's actually much better, right? So if we're talking about birth family. I, I
0: kind of like family of origin. <laughs> because what if they are your family of origin, but... Oh, that's you true. weren't that like, so, like you know ado- what I mean? Like
1: for obvious for obvious things, right? right? I like mean, you a, literally adopted, have an right. adopted daughter. Yeah. So hello. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I think that the whole challenge comes from last week. We talked about kind of unspoken boundaries, mm-hmm. and I think there's a there's a thing with family which is unchosen obligations. Ooh. Right. And at the end of the day, right, once you say this is my family of origin it comes with like this package mm-hmm. of intent mm-hmm. right and what and within that package of intent there's this little box that says love and here's all the ways that love right kind of is demonstrated and i think that's the source of so much of the like strangeness when it comes to family of origin because there's all these expectations around how we're supposed to show up right. what obligation looks like and uh
0: and I think that people are starting to buck against that, right? Whereas traditionally, you wouldn't, right? You would – family is everything. Family over everything, yes. right? And you you suck it up and you, you know, you stay in the toxicity if that's – you know, not every family – I'm not going to make assumptions about other people's families, but, you know, there's a lot of people in my circle who – consider themselves cycle breakers and who are committed to not repeating the bullshit that they grew up with or the bullshit that you know sort of permeates permeates their family and and I think that I just think that there's there was a point in time which you probably remember and this is no shade just because you're older than me right you're of a different generation and and so you would never like, not talk to your family. You would never estrange yourself from your family. You would never, you know, get into arguments and, and, and tell people that, that they're hurting you or that they're violating your boundaries or that they're not loving you in the way that you need to be loved, right? These conversations, by and large, just didn't really exist. Yep. And, now, and now we're seeing that. And, you know, we, we go through this with my family more than yours because we sort of, uh, we talk to my family more than yours, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's always a battle for me and for you because my mom is definitely family over everything and I am definitely like, not, I'm definitely like family. Family for me uh, is more of a give and take, right? When I think about my chosen family, people in our lives that we love and who love us, there's a give and take. There's a active listening. There is a, a level of support. There is. It's just. It's just so different it's it's so it I'm having a hard time sort of speaking about what I feel in my heart and in my gut but I I guess I don't feel like so on edge with our chosen family members and when I'm with my mom I feel like my body is always clenching up and ready for a fight yeah and that's so stressful and it's just it's not a place it's not a place where i want to be but then at the same time it's hard to have a conversation with someone who is like well this is just what family is right. <laughs> and right. you need to get over it and i'm like no actually i i, I don't i don't need to get over it uh, you does know that it, make sense it
1: does i think you know the, the, i think that the, the The critical thinking that doesn't often get applied is, you know, if we all posed ourselves the question, if it wasn't for this, this wrapper of family obligations, would I choose to be a friend with this person? Would I choose to hang with this person? Would I choose to have conversations with it? And the answer to that is no. That's your first signal. Now, in the best of scenarios, like having a family that has been with you throughout your life to... See you through and support you in in different scenarios, and also those people being people that you truly love spending time with, like your brother, right? right? Yeah, that is like magic, right? That is like the best of all worlds, right? But I think they get conflated o- oftentimes, and that's where, um, you know, the the challenges occur, and it's it's not unlike you know even the conversations around nationalism, right? God forbid you you say you say anything about. America or the nation you're from, right? You need to lock down Mm -hmm. and see only the good. And Mm -hmm. it's it's the same thing in some family circles. And to your point, it's it's sad that only now are we actually starting to see people have the critical conversations and pushing back and establishing boundaries. Because, I mean, how much like physical and mental health has been created because of this conflict where people... Decide to rail against what makes them comfortable, right? um, Or feeds their soul, right? And step into worlds where, you know, they're exposed to toxicity in worst-case scenarios, or just invalidated environments, yeah. um, In general, so.
0: Yeah, I. It's interesting because, and I've I said this to you all the time when you were going through your divorce and your family was acting. Like a bunch of assholes, um, top to bottom. And I was, and I kept reminding you, I was like, family is just made up a bunch of people.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, and I feel like that, sort of unlocked something for you, or it just like clicked in your head of like, yeah, they don't have to, they don't have to do anything, Right. right? Just because they're related to me, they're not obligated to see my point they're not obligated to support me they're not obligated like they're just people and then the vice versa is true of like you're also not obligated to stay in a marriage that wasn't right for you just because your family didn't like the fact that you were getting divorced right it works both ways yep. and i think about uh just like you know especially for me being so far away from my family uh and a lot of people we know live far from family you know you go to college you go away or you accept jobs in different places and and it feels like there are so many things that are changing the family unit one being people saying i'm not going to put up with this shit anymore and two being in some ways that we've traded our ambition for proximity yeah. to our families yes. right yes. my my goals and my dreams and what makes me thrive as a human means more to me than staying in the town that I grew up in just to have that proximity. I think you're seeing that more and more as well. And it's, it's so, it's very interesting. I would love to sort of talk to like a social scientist about this because I'm so interested in the behavioral aspects of this and sort of how it all ties together you know you just brought up America of how it ties to how our society has become so individualistic right which I don't think is a good thing but at the same you know what I mean like there are all these different elements that we're always trying to connect dots you and I we we're, were those kinds of people that are always looking for what is the through line or what is the threat or what is the so what in all of this Yep. And a part of this conversation is just parsing it out and, and talking about something that we are actively going through.
1: You know, you um, I didn't think about this before. It's a great point, Ash, right? The And it's it's a little bit of a paradox as well, right? So when you think about capitalism as a, at its core, it is about, like, it's all about the individual. It's all about money. It's all about success. It's like that is the mm-hmm. driver, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at you know, the community that's most kind of responsible for railing against capitalism, especially right now, I think the millennials had a really strong suit Mm -hmm. um, and and role in that. Millennials will also get tagged as being very, right, individual, a lot of boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. It's about me, Mm -hmm. but they're also... I think some of the most empathetic people on the planet. And I think that's the intersection, right? It isn't whether it's about the individual or not about the individual. It's whether or not there's an empathy lens to it at mm. all. And now if you bring that up a level and talk about family, I think oftentimes that is what's what's missing, right? Empathy isn't applied because it goes back to obligation mm. um, and mm-hmm. what the unwritten expectations are.
0: Yeah. Uh, so. What about for you you know, what does it look like when family is what you need it to be? So let's look at the reverse. Like, how do you feel most held, most loved, most supported? What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, it definitely starts, it starts with, with not to be like overly generic, but it starts with actively listening. It's like seeing me as an individual and not necessarily the same individual that you might have known me as right Mm -hmm. it's kind of seeing me as the individual today
0: allowing you to evolve
1: exactly like being
0: with you on that journey and
1: then and then providing the support whether it's overtly asking or just like kind of being there for dialogues when it when it needs to take place and you know being constructive in feedback right not judgmental Um, I mean those are the kind of things to me that that really that really come up and You know, to maybe even draw a connection to kind of what you alluded to earlier around this, you know, um, concept of family of origin. I certainly think about my adopted daughter. I'd never look at her any different than I look at anyone else, right? Because I see her as an individual, right? And and when I I grew up, aunts and uncles, some of my closest ones were not actually blood aunts and uncles, Right. right? They were people that were always there to support me cheered me on would have dialogues with me um and i felt that connection with anyway yeah right so it created kind of a broader meaning
0: that's really helpful i think for me i definitely feel those same those same things sort of lift me up and i think that those are things that uh our chosen family really great at doing um And I also think uh, this may seem corny, but you know, the five love languages, I always think to myself, you know, it's, it's to me, it's so clutch to love someone the way they need to be loved versus the way you think they should be loved or, or just like, you know, this is just the way I am, or this is just the way I show affection, or this is just right. Like. I don't, you know, I, I don't think that's fair, right? I think in order to see someone, you have to love them the way they need to be loved, period.
1: But isn't that interesting, right? So, like, if you think about the golden rule...
0: Which we don't use anymore. Exactly, yeah.
1: right? But like that's that was what we were conditioned to believe, right? If you treat everyone the way that you, you want, want to be, to be treated, treated, yeah. Everything's gonna be okay. And it's a hundred and eighty degrees different from how you should be showing up. Right. Right?
0: Yep. Treat people the way they want to be treated, which requires you to actively listen and to be present, right? And to and to be able to take constructive feedback and and have conversations, and I guess, like, to bring it sort of full circle, I think that's what I feel is missing, because a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people have, uh, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be shady, because it's literally not the point, but throughout the course of my life, I've brought up to various types of people, like, that my relationship with my mom is strained, and here's why, and blah, 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 and, you know, people have been like, oh, well, it's not that bad, or, oh, that's your mom, or, oh, you know, for real? She's so nice, or, right, just kind of, like, gaslighting me out of, out of what I feel or what I know to be true, right, because we know that people have public and private personas, so it's also, like, not even fair to do that to someone because what you might be seeing in a person is not how they are behind closed doors. So it's even more important when someone opens up to you to believe them, to start from a place of belief. But I think that that is, that has always been my sort of core issue. It's like, I need you. I don't need you to like shape shift into someone that you're not because in a lot of ways we are who we are and, and, And so much of our environment, how we were parented, you know, the marriages that we have, the relationships, our friendships, our work, a lot of that shapes who we are. Mm -hmm. And so I don't expect people to change who they are. I don't expect my mother to necessarily change who she is. But what I do expect from her and where we have this fallout all the time is I expect her to be present I expect her to listen, and I expect her to respect my boundaries. Those are, the, those are really only the, th- the, the only three things that, that are sort of needed in order for there to be less contention, right? When one of those things are missing, uh, it's just not good because I feel uh, like I'm, I'm not being seen. Like, I can't trust this person to hold space for me. and If I can't trust you to hold space for me, I really don't want you near me,
1: yeah.
0: right? Like, I really, in, in any close capacity, you can't really be in my, in my life. I'm too tired. I have too much going on, right? And I don't have the energy to hold space for people who can't hold space for me. Like, that's the two-way street. And, and that's,
1: you know. It's, um... It's so interesting the parallels between that, play that same narrative out to spaces, um, a wellness space, a corporate space, for all the reasons you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, if they don't hold space for you, if they don't see you, if they don't respect your boundaries, those same feelings come up. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's, I think, easier to make the decision to leave a company than it is to, quote unquote, like, eject from a family, if you will. Yeah. But even that is hard. I mean, I think the foundational piece is, you know, what is it in us that is so wired to not want to um, kind of protect our own, our own wellness or our own sanity?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing because I feel like we are wired to protect ourselves, but then all of our social sort of cues and things and especially if you grew up in church, Jesus Christ, honor thy mother and thy father. Absolutely. That is
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Right? And
0: and and it's <laughs> it doesn't mean give them free fucking reign. <laughs> yep. Like right? But like it's always been posed as that to me. Yes. Like don't you dare disrespect me. Don't you dare make me uncomfortable. Don't you dare, you know, question me. Don't you dare Right? So, on one hand, it's like, don't do anything to make your parent uncomfortable, but then at the same time, you're supposed to go out, out into the world and be a human who asks questions and who is curious and who... um you know, in order to do good things in the world, you have to challenge the status quo. So, how are you supposed to do it if you're not raised to do it?
1: Exactly. And what what what's like the default that so many parents say, right? Which is, I want my kids to have a better life than I did. Which you know, you know what? In order for your kids to have a better life than you did, they likely have to make different decisions. Hundred percent. And in order for them to make different decisions, it means their path is going to be different. They're going to see the world through a different lens. Right. And and that the the Cognitive challenge that that presents. It's so obvious, mm-hmm. and it's such a blind spot.
0: A hundred percent, hundred percent. But if you are being present, yes. If you're actively listening, yes. And if you're respecting boundaries, then you're probably going to be in a better place, right? Then then your then your child is is going to feel a little more held and a little more supported in the relationship. Yeah. You don't have to agree. Right, that's that's, I'm, I mean, I love when people agree with me, but I'm not always looking for total agreeance because I also don't grow in that.
1: Right, right, I agree. See. <laughs> Thank uh, you.
0: Yeah. Um. So, in other news, let's should I move on yeah, or now?
1: Let's, let's move on.
0: Has anyone watched F Boy oh Island?
1: My, oh my god! <laughs> oh my effing god! You.
0: you So my friends Deja and Caden are making me – they're not making me do anything, but, you know, we're in a group chat because we hardly ever see each other, which is, like, the friendship of my dreams because they don't make me go out and do things because I'm tired. (laughs) But they – like, we, you know, we talk about things and we send memes and we we sort of watch shows in tandem and and they – Caden started watching it, and then Deja started watching it. And in order to not be left out, I had to watch it. And it's it's on HBO Max. I I want you to watch it just because I don't want to be <laughs> alone in this. But there are three women who are looking for love. And then they go on an island with 24 guys. 12 are self proclaimed nice guys and 12 are self-proclaimed (laughs) fuckboys and they're all competing for these three women and the women are trying to find out like who are the nice guys and who are the fuckboys and then at the end they're supposed to like match up with someone so it's a reality tv show competition that's just Trash. And, and, it's yeah, total it's trash.
1: Total trash. And if they're really but looking for it. love, they're looking for fame. They're not looking for love. If you're Looking for love, you don't go on a on a reality <laughs> TV show called F Boy Island. The, Let's just put seriously, that up. But but yeah, it is. But you can't like you can't it's look tra- away. It's, it's a train wreck. It is a train wreck. But it's a social experiment on steroids. Well, and so to is like, Love is Blind, right? Uh, like all of them yeah. are. Survivor is, right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's true. the only interesting thing is to like watch. <laughs> How stupid people become when they want to believe something oh my God. that is completely counter to the facts in front of them.
0: You were so passionate. This should have been your rant. Oh. Um <laughs> I also just can't, now that I'm a mom, I can't I can't separate the fact from like, these are people's sons and daughters. Oh my gosh. I would have major problems if Zion wanted to be on something like this. I would be like what did we raise you to have such low self-esteem that you need to go on a reality TV show? Look at your headphones falling off here. But really I would be like, Oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? What? I would be like, like an old Catholic grandma, like, like crossing myself and, and like praying and, and being like, Jesus, what did I
1: do? Uh, Yeah. It's just wrong.
0: Okay. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm just.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a thing. But like they continue to, every single one of those, you know, when I watch them come out, <laughs> I'm like, wh- like why? And who would watch this? And
0: and it's us. And guess what? We are watching it. <laughs> we are. Yep. We like to think that we're above it, but we're not. We're not. We're literally. <laughs> uh... We're probably the target demographic. Like, tired parents who have no energy for anything else at the end of the night. It's like, well, my kid is going to wake up in an hour anyway. <laughs> so, what? Wh- am I going to watch something meaningful? No.
1: <laughs> Let's just watch Garrett be, like, stupid <laughs> instead.
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, all right. Uh, is there anything else before we end this pod? I,
1: I think we are. I think we're good, my babe.
0: Zion is still solidly asleep so
1: i know this is like
0: now i can eat too yeah this is amazing (laughs) maybe i'll also work out i don't know
1: yeah maybe go see the sun something
0: maybe go outside yeah um everybody thank you so much for hanging with us again let us know if this resonated what you like don't like maybe what your experiences are you can always uh dm us I'm at Black Girl Magic Mama. Mark is at Bushido and Bourbon. I'm going to spell that because it's like what? B-U-S-H-I-D-O-A-N-D-B-O-U-R-B-O-N. Boom.
1: Nice.
0: Um, You can also rate, subscribe, like, share, leave a comment, all of those things. We would greatly appreciate it. And yeah, we'll talk to you next week.
1: Have a great week.